whoa, the lights are bright. I can't see you. Hello out there. It, <laughs> yes, hi at the back there. I see that hand. <laughs> it is so wonderful to be here. And there's so many of you, praise God. Well, the church in Winchester, this part of the church, it's just growing and growing and so powerful. It's been a real joy for Greg and I to be part of your worship. And, um, you know, I felt at one point, I don't need to say a word. Because the, the songs chosen is what I'm going to speak on. And then Luke steals my thunder. And then so does Steve. Don't you love the prophetic? When you think God's on a roll, yeah, he's got something going for us. And so, Father God, we come to you. Uh, the title of my talk is The Lifter of Our Heads. You're the lifter of our heads, Lord. And we come to you. And we are so grateful. Oh, so grateful. Lord, you've saved us. And you've made us rich in you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, will you come and fill us with your spirit? Holy Spirit, come and brood over this place. And for me, Lord, my eyes are on you. I can't do a thing. My eyes are on you. I've brought myself here so that I can watch to see what you will do. It's all about you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have a, uh, something I say to myself all the time. Angela, stick to your notes. Angela, stick to your notes. Angela, stick to your notes. Because I work hard at notes and then I find I go off somewhere. So anything could happen today. Glory, hey? Right, let me start by going to my notes. So I love the way your church is doing a series on glorious. Isn't that amazing? The character of God. I listened to Steve and John and Tim's preach. And I felt myself grow and lifted up. You know, when your spirit feels fat from receiving. And that's what I got from these men's preach. And I want to commend them to you, the preachers in this church. Because they hold before you this big picture of God and who he is. And coming out of lockdown, my passion is God. It's not for stuff. It's not even for, I want to see him do healings and things, but it's not about that. I want him, him. And then these things follow, but it's about him. And what are you doing? Glorious, all about him. That is, you know how easy it makes it for me then to come and stand here. And I was also thrilled that the series is about God himself, not what he does, not even about revival. And I'd like revival, <clears throat> but it's about him and his splendor and his glory. Well, doesn't that make you just feel And God is really calling us to know him. He wants us to know him. You know, we can be saved and read the Bible, and, and yet we don't know him. All his attributes, who he is. 
And in this season, he wants, he's calling us to know him. It's not about how much we read. It's not about any of those things. It's not about how much we read the Bible or how much we pray. Or, it's like him. And out of that comes his passion to read the Bible, to be praying, and to call on him. So much has happened, and I think Steve and maybe even Luke alluded to it. So much has happened over the past two years. Uh, I said yesterday, I was here speaking at something, and I said, it's like we've got BC and AD, before and after, before lockdown and after lockdown. Isn't it amazing? It's like lockdown, it was quite a defining moment. And so much has happened to take our eyes off the fullness of God. So much has happened. And how much, we, it's like we've kind of put aside how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, which he tried to bring through to this morning. It was all about his love and his care. But it's, it's, it's like there's layers in us that he needs to repeat it over and over and over and over and over because we take a while to actually get it because we feel so bad or barren or lost. There is disappointment. Wherever I go, there's disappointment and even disillusionment. And God knows that. It's like, where were you? Look at our lockdown and look at this and look at look what happened in my family. Where were you? I asked and nothing happened. And the disillusionment sets in. Our eyes may have moved from the glorious God to the issues around us. Yeah? Because there's issues. You look on the news. This is going wrong and that's going wrong. We've got war in Ukraine. And then we've got the petrol and diesel prices high. And it's going to be 11%, um, what is it, inflation rise in autumn. And it's like, oh, and it's, it's like bad news keeps us, you know. And it's like, where's the good news? But it doesn't seem to be coming. So we look at the state of the nation and it's shaking a bit. We look at the cost of living, we look at sickness around us and we look at what seems to be unanswered prayer. Who can, who can, who can nod with me? It's, and, and you know, this is an honesty day. We are family together. I'm, I'm part of you, you're part of me. We're talking. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, I don't come here to preach. I come here to be with you. To say, look, it's like, come on. Uh, what was it? Wake up. I didn't say that. They said that. <laughs> I was sitting saying, yes, yes. So I've been reading the book of Joshua. And in Joshua 3, um, we see the Israelites. So they've come through the, the desert 40 years of going round and round, eating manna. And... Um, and they come to the Jordan. And uh, I was going to read in the Bible, but I'm just going to speak it to you because the time is going and I want to do some praying and so on. And they, they get to the Jordan and the, the men go through the camp to say to everybody, now get yourselves ready because tomorrow, whew, you're going to see the glory of God, the hand of God. We are going to march into the Jordan. 
But the ark will go first, and I don't want any of you to walk near the ark. You've got to be a thousand uh, yards, a kilometer, or a thousand yards from the ark. Now, that's quite a bit. And it's like the ark is there. And then uh, uh, it, the, he goes on to say, because you have not been this way before, so you don't know the way. And, and it's a matter of coming out of lockdown, we haven't been this way before. How do we know what to do? It's like what was before, and it was good, but what about now? We're in a whole new season. We haven't been this way before. So the ark is there, and the ark represents God. Stay a thousand yards away. Because you see, if they walked on top of the ark, the few in front would be able to see it, but those behind couldn't see it. But when you're there, we can see. Because as long as they had the eyes on the ark, they would know the way. And you see, as long as we've got our eyes on God, we will know the way. We've got to put your eyes on God. We will, we will know our, our way. We haven't been this way before, but we will know our way. And um, what struck me listening to the preaching was they, they told about this fullness of God and how, in, how does one say, incomparable. Is that it? Yeah, he is, and so on, and so on. And what struck me listening is that God... In Genesis 1, he spoke, and the world was made. He made light and dark. He made the animals. He made Adam and Eve. He just spoke. That's how powerful he is. And you know what he did when Jesus rose from the dead and went to sit on the right hand of the Father? He sent the Holy Spirit to come and be with us. But you know what? to come and live inside us. So that preach, the three preachings that you heard of this glorious God, he's not out there, he is, but he's in me and he's in you. And we kind of think, wow, he's so splendid, but he lives in me and you. And there's no, well, if I'm very educated, I get a big lot of the spirit. And if I don't, if I, it's a little lot. He is the same. Whether you're black or white or male or female or very educated or uneducated, no matter, he's, he comes and lives. And we carry him wherever we go. Can I hear a amen? amen. And I, I feel that's what came through in the prophetic. And I feel this is what God is wanting to say. This big God. He's inside us with all that power. In John 14, it says, if you, if you love me, you will obey my commands. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He will never go away. If you be naughty boy or girl, he's not going to jump out. He's there to stay. That is incredible. The world cannot accept him because, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he lives with you and will be 
in you. And you know, we read these verses, and I heard a preacher once say, we thread it through our eyeballs. And when we read the Bible lots, one gets used to it, and it doesn't even have the impact that God himself lives in every follower of Jesus. Isn't that power? So, the world is crumbling. The news is bad. But the church is rising. And today, I'm going to call for uh, people to respond. The church is rising because God himself lives in us. He hasn't lost his money. He still owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's not scared. He hasn't gone away. He's, he's still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever he'll be the same. And he's in us. And the Bible says that we are the light of the world. What me? And you. But it's him in us becomes the light of the world. He's the fixer of things. So the world is crumbling out there and people are scared. Now if the church takes that on, oh, we get like, you know, watch the news, oh, look at this, so, instead of, now hold on, hold on, I belong to him. He's my father, what am I panicking about? I will worship him and I will go and bring hope and help wherever I go. That is the job of the church. The church, we are saved for, for us and for each other, but it's for the world because the world needs to hear the gospel. And if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, he brought you here because he loves you so much. And he says, come, today's your day. Today's your day. Come and just ask, Lord, forgive me for all the, my sin. And sin the outworking of sin is the wrong we do. Because, you know, I remember someone told me I was a sinner. Not me. I've never been to prison. I've never, oh, you know, I was so holy. And then God gave me a quick picture of who I really was. And I was like, mm. Because you see, sin, and it's not sins, it's sin, is turning your back on God and saying, I don't want you. I, I'm my own person. I don't need you. That is what sin is, and that's where we turn and we say, wow, Jesus, you died on the cross for that sin. Forgive me, I want to follow you for the rest of my days. That's what um, salvation or being born again and all that means. Then he comes and lives inside us and gives us power. Power through gifting that we pour out on each other and on the world. And so for me, we were in Cape Town recently and we stood at the airport and Greg and I were very sad because we quite love Cape Town, as Luke said, you know. Um, and, um, and we stood and we thought, it's wonderful to be here. Oh, there's always something happening. There's a buzz in the air and it just, and, and everybody speaks with my accent. Um, I don't, often I get asked, 
are you South African, Australian, or where do you come from? So one is reminded you've got an accent all the time. And I, it just struck me. I sound like everybody else. And you feel comfortable? And so we were quite teary at the airport thinking, we actually would like to just stay. And God said, no. No, now's the time to get back. Because now's the time for the church. So I've come back, guns blazing, to say, what an opportunity like, like I haven't seen in this nation before. Because everything's been a bit comfortable and sorted, and you can get into the NHS and you can get these things done. Something has changed. You could wait ages for, for the NHS because they overloaded. What has God given us? The gift of healing of the sick. Do you see? It's not that, well, I can go to the NHS. It's like, got to pray. Let's pray for the sick to be healed. And even if you don't see, you go again, you pray again. Because we need to get into the habit of doing these things for each other. Because we've only got each other. And the world has got the church. And the church is enough for the world. And for you, look at the amount of you. All I see is power and the glory of God in this room. And for all Jesus preaching churches in Winchester, all of them, but for you, I'm here. Wow, you can change Winchester. You can change Winchester with all this power. But the enemy comes and he says, who do you think you are? You can't do that. And it's time to stand up and say, oh, yes, I can. Can you say that? Oh, yes, I can. No, you can't. Oh, yes, I can. One's got to actually say it out loud. Now, what I did now, it sounds like funny, but spiritual warfare. Because when the enemy says, no, you can't, and you know, our heads feel rotten. And so we feel we agree with the enemy instead of what the Bible says. And so I feel today God wants to commend you, first of all, for lasting the course. He just loves commending and, and just flooding over people with love. But he also says, there's more. Do you want it? How hungry are you? There is more. Are you ready for that? So I'm going to tell you something, a story. I'm not going to mention the place or names because it's all recorded and it wouldn't be right. So just before lockdown, 2019, Greg and I went on a team from all around the world, about 30 of us, to somewhere in Europe. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I spoke at a conference there. <clears throat> Sorry. And <clears throat> um, when the conference was finished, we, we um, he's going to go and get water. I bet you he's going to go and get water. <laughs> when the conference was finished, what has happened in this nation, there's the uh, nice people. And then these there, what the nice people feel, the not nice people. And there's a separation. But this church pastor and the church had made friends for quite a number of years. And we got the bonus of their friendship crossing the boundaries and got into this village of people who were poorer, who were looked down on, who, thank you, 
um, and we got into this village. Now, there's houses, but they're rickety, and the streets, you can't really drive a car there because they're all over. But you know, as we walked in, and they had a guitar and a squeeze box, uh, piano, accordion, it's that kind of culture, which is, ooh, it makes you come alive with a, oh, the roar in it. But as we walked, and then 30 of us, people came out of their houses from all over, and they said, will you pray for me? So we had a number of Westerners, well, just about everybody was a Westerner, who had never really prayed for people in the streets, coming out in their hordes, and they were praying for knees and legs and this and that and so on. Absolutely marvelous, and the, and the gospel was preached. While we were there, one of the elders came and he tapped on me and he said, down the road is a family who needs prayer, but they, they can't come here. Will I go with him? And I took two other people with me and we went to the family, prayed there. When we came out down the stairs, there was a woman standing at the foot of the stairs. And um, I looked at her and I saw that she had, something had gone wrong with an infection in her eye, it was huge. So she said to the elder, and then he interpreted for me, she didn't want to come into the crowd because she was the local prostitute and she was too embarrassed to come in the crowd. So when she saw us, clever God, a clever God takes us down this path for the family, but it's also for her. When, when she saw us go, she waited outside for us to ask, would we pray for our eye? So the elder said, would I pray? I said, yes. So I started praying. And then the voice said in my head, kiss her eye. Which is normal for me, but it's not normal in this nation. Am I right? <laughs> and so I kind of walk at the pace of this nation, but in the townships in Cape Town, I would touch HIV AIDS, I would, because, yeah. And, um, and so I asked the elder, also, can I kiss her eye? She didn't. You know, when people are in need, and so I prayed and I kissed her eye and I actually felt it start to move. And when I saw that it's, something's happening, I thought, I can't just pray for healing, I've got to give you the gospel. So I said to the elder, can I give her the gospel? Yes, so I gave her the gospel and she came alive. And she asked Jesus to forgive her sin. She wanted to be a follower. And there was a couple from the church who'd come out of a house and stood there, they'd been praying for her. And, and they arrived there, and I thought, well, she's gonna be safe. But I thought, now when I go, we were going to a church service even in the evening. <clears throat> when I go, she's, the devil's gonna come and say, ha, huh, you know who you are. And he, you know, he's gonna try and get her back into her old life and so on. And I thought, I want her to remember what happened. And I had a chain round my neck with a little red stone on it. You don't often get little red stones as you look at jewelry. It wasn't expensive, it was a cheapo thing, but I loved it, I loved it, I loved it so much. I was so pleased to get it. And I knew the voice, give it to her. I want to give my chain. 
But you know, when you know God has spoken, we, we really must listen. So I took off the chain and I said to the woman, this isn't magic. It's not, this has got nothing to do with, you know, any funny stuff. This is me to you. Just a remembrance that today you became my sister. You were part of the family and I put it around her neck. And the, the glow, you know, the awe. And she kept on patting it and I gave her a hug and off we went. Right, so we got on the, prayed a bit more in the street, got on the bus um, and went to the service which was a smaller place than the bus, loaded and it's hot. It was so crowded, I cannot tell you, as people came in. And the band played, and at one point there was a conga. I haven't congered since Cape Town. <laughs> and you, you get somebody around the waist, and then you all, the whole room kind of moves as we all go around together, praising God. So I joined the conga, and off I went got to the back of the church and I saw this woman and she, this, she was very beautiful. She struck me as, wow, you're very beautiful. I normal. And I wouldn't have recognized her. I would have gone past and she would have thought, huh, she doesn't want to know me now. And I saw my necklace and I recognized her by my necklace, clever, God. So I took her and I put her in the conga and we congered around. Okay? So we came back to the UK and during lockdown I was mentoring a woman from Berlin. So as we, what's the time? As we spoke, I told her the story. About two weeks later the postman brings me a little box with a chain in it with a red stone this friend wanted to give, give my red stone back. Oh, and I was so pleased, so pleased. So we go to Cape Town and I wear the red stone all the time and we go and visit a friend whose son um, has an uh, operation for uh, cancer something. And so they're very distraught and in huge troubles. And she looks and she sees my necklace. And she said, oh, that's a nice necklace. And I think, no. <laughs> so I said, you can have it. And she said, no, no. I said, no, you have. And I told her the story. Right, she got my necklace. I went, went back to the flat. About three days la later, she sends me a WhatsApp. And she said, by chance, I went to look in my jewelry box. I was going through, because they've just moved from one house to another. And I was going through, which maybe looking for a box to put the necklace in that I gave or whatever. And she said, I found a necklace with a red stone on it. I've never seen it before. Maybe I got it from family, but I don't recognize, I don't know where it came from. But I, it's yours. And I was blown away. I just feel angels went to put a necklace in the box to show me that God is real and he cares about me and my stupid red stone necklace. But where did it come from? How? So she in Cape Town has been telling, because she's wearing the red necklace, she's been telling the story right through from the healing of the woman's 
to so many people. And, um, you know, as I was speaking on it, even now, something changed. The atmosphere changed in this room. And I feel God is reminding you that he's real. He knows each of what you like. He's there to comfort. But he's also a supernatural God. And he wants to stir the supernatural in you again. Are you ready for that? If you are ready, I want you to come forward. There's no magic in coming forward. It's just, it's like to God. Yes, here I am. Yes, come and, come and do your thing. Yes, thank you. Come forward. And you know, God doesn't only come for those who come forward. If you stay seated, he walks around and he's in you and he walks around. He is wonderful. I said to Steve the other day, God is delicious. I thought he was going to fall <laughs> off his chair as he laughed. But the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So his ways are so brilliant. He's delicious. And so, you know, this is a, as a church. There's a something that God wants to do today. And this is an ordinary story about this necklace. But actually, it's extraordinary. How does this work? From one red necklace to the other, to the other, to the other. And I'm thinking, where's God going to, who else is going to get my necklace? Don't any of you look at me for my necklace. Do you see? Holy Spirit, come. Yeah, just come. Just come. Come even a bit forward so people can get in nearer. Get in nearer. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I want to break bondages off you in the name of Jesus. I want to break demonic mindsets that have come and settled on people's hearts and minds and have taken hope away, have brought a spirit of grief and mourning on some. And uh, uh, Isaiah 61, it was, I will lift, I will lift that. And this is what has happened, the grief and mourning, disillusionment, I want to break the power. We don't often talk about the enemy because it's like we don't want to give him glory. But he gets away with so much if we don't say, I break the hold of demonic things over our hearts and minds and mine in the name of Jesus. You up for that? Can I go on praying this? Yeah? Yeah, I break the hold. I break the hold. Satan, stop it right now in the name of Jesus. Stop it. I release a spirit of healing, a spirit of deliverance. You know, Jesus said you will go out and preach the gospel and these signs will follow you. These signs, not maybe, will follow you. These signs will follow you. In my name, you'll heal the sick. In my name, you'll cast out demons. In my name. It is time to say, okay, here I am, Lord. I'm going to step up and I am going to do this. And it's not, well, maybe, you know, that maybe you won't use me. You must use me. I'm a child of God. Are you up for that? It might not sound very English. May I say that? You know, because it's like, am I allowed to just say that? Yes, it's in the Bible. We, we not name it and claim it, people. We do not name and claim for, for cars and this and that. 
But what's in the Bible? What, when Jesus says, these signs will follow, that's mine. I say, I name and claim Jesus. That's my, in, it's our inheritance to be able to live. It's our inheritance. It's our, Satan, it's our right. I wonder if you will step out of it and if I say one, two, three, Satan, it's our right. Leave us alone. You up? One, two, three. Satan, it's our right. You leave us alone in the name of Jesus. And now, Holy Spirit. This is spiritual warfare, by the way. It's not about demons shrieking and foaming. This is it. It's, it's looking at the Bible and saying, this is who I am. This is mine. This is what Jesus died for. And I'm here to serve others, but also out in the world. There's my family who don't know you. There's people who are sick. There's, I want to go and serve. I want to see people born again. Oh, Lord, give this to me. If this is where you are, put your hands up. If you've never done it, put your hands. Do something you've never done before. And just say, Lord, this is me. This is for me. This is for me. And, and can we, if I say one, two, three, can we say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. One, two, three. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Lord, make me brave. Make me brave, Lord, to be the church for this nation, for this, for this city, for this nation. I'm not going to think bad of myself anymore in the name of Jesus. Because that's not what the Bible calls me. It calls me a child of God, chosen before time. My sin is forgiven forever and ever and ever. And Jesus lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And He changes us to be like Jesus. That's why we go through hard times. God allows it to make us more like Jesus. It's just how it is. And we feel so bad. We walk around feeling bad and not good enough. And Jesus says, I've made you good enough. I love you so much. I want you to turn to the person near you and I want you to take these wonderful hands of yours, which by the way are so filled with power. They are so filled because He lives in us and the power comes through. And I want you to lay hands on somebody and say, I want to bless you in the name of the Lord. I want to don't go, don't go into all kinds of, you know, prophecies and all that. This is a quick um, because God is at work to do miraculous things here today and if you are if they lay hands on you and you are unwell if you are unwell in your mind say Lord heal cancer Lord heal, lift my depression Lord take my anxiety away okay go for it come Holy Spirit
Father, will you reach the outer reaches? Will you reach people even in their seats? Bring blessing to you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. The Lord wants to bless people. He wants to bless people today in a whole new way for the next season to bring hope and help to our families, our neighbors, and um, in our work. We carry the blessing of God in right into our work because He lives in us. He's just there. And He does the stuff and we watch Him work. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, will you heal the sick today? Will you heal the sick today? Will you break disappointment over people? I want to speak to mental health and speak healing over the mind. I speak healing over minds in the name of Jesus. I speak healing from, from terror, from trauma, from anxiety, and from sleeplessness at night, from fear at night. I speak healing of minds in the name of Jesus. I break all feeling of not worthy over all of us in the name of Jesus. I speak breakthrough. The Lord wants to now I see your church as a and, and this worship and the drummer I commend you drummer because it's like he makes he makes the drums worship God they come alive and it's a joy for me to watch the drums coming alive I see your church like a battering ram you know it's a, these huge battering rams against castle doors and the enemy has bound people up and God wants to use your church as a battering ram against all that the enemy is doing out in the in Winchester, but even wider. You're a battering ram. You're on the way already. I'm not telling you anything new. You're on the way already. But God wants to confirm it in the name of Jesus. You will, you will um, um, provide for those who mourn. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you. You can't get away from it. It's not special people. It's not because one stands and speaks. I come from the townships of Dover. I worked in the township for 20 years in the sand and fought apartheid at the time and so on and so on. So who am I? It's not the speaker. We are all the same. God just before time chose his work for me to do at this time. And therefore, we've each got a job that he's chosen especially for us, that he's hand-picked and we fit it. They sing, God chose them before time to sing the, his glory over you. And so there's no special people. We are all very special to God and are able to do stuff that the world hasn't seen yet. So when, I think it was, John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus and said, Are you the one? You know what Jesus said? Don't touch that. No, he didn't, Jesus didn't say, don't touch that. <laughs> For the recording. Um, what, what Jesus said was, Go and tell John what you see and what you've heard. What you've seen and what you've heard. Go and tell John. Can we say what we've seen and God says it's time to be able to say to the world this is Jesus, come and see 
and hear. Come and see. And I, it just struck me. He put the what we've seen because the, the, you know he healed the sick. He put a le- um, he cured leprosy. Uh, the, the, the lame rose up, and he raised the dead. He did stuff. And he says, now you go and do it. Father God, we want to do that. He said, okay. I need you to work. He said, okay. I know it's scary. It's like, like, oh, what are we getting ourselves into? But you know what? This is him. And just like I obeyed by giving my necklaces away. It's all a step of, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to listen. Will you bring people my way? Holy Spirit, come. Luke. Luke. He's, he's away with glory. I want you to shout the name of Jesus over people. And I mean shout. You are you ready? Yeah. Because something's going to break when the name of Jesus is shouted. Some, I'm teaching you spiritual warfare this morning, and maybe you haven't even realized it. This is spiritual warfare. Even claiming what the Bible says about us is spiritual warfare. This is who I am. Uh, we are children of God, it says, and this is who we are. And so this is who I am. Shout the name of Jesus. And as you shout, bring to mind you know the congregation, those who are battling, those who are, and for yourself, and for everybody, for all the elders, for all the leaders, for, yeah, is that okay, Luke? You see, there's a cost, we've all got stories, by the way, there's not, I've got, oh, if I stood here and told stories, we'd all weep together, we've got stories, nobody is just without a story, but him. And Luke and I have been talking, so I know a bit of the story. And so this is a... I never even thought of that when I called him up. I just look and I see where's God. Ooh, Lord. And it was you. And something's going to break over you. So it's not only about, well, you know, the elders are so perfect. We're all in this together. Look at the drops. Father God, I ask for Luke now, for breakthrough power, for a breakthrough church. I want to ask, Lord, you've given this eldership team a battering ram ability. And this is, this is it. I could have called Steve or one of the others, but I felt God said, no, you. No, you. Because there's things that you yourself need to break through. Stretch out your hands and say, Father, bless Luke now. Now first, you pray for him. Because he needs you, you pray for him. Yeah. This is your people, do you see? Isn't it amazing when we stand together? And this is the people praying for a leader. And often it's the leaders praying for people. But this is the people praying for them because we need each other. We, do you see? We need each other. Every single person is needed. 
They can't eld. The elders can't eld without you. Who are they going to eld? Yeah, who are they going to eld? They need you. And you need them. We all need each other. We are, we are team together. No, I haven't forgotten. 